everyone. Thank you for listening to The Death of VHS, the movie review podcast. Please remember that the language and topics might not be suitable in a typical work environment, as there might be strong language or triggering topics during the review of movies, ranging from a G rating to an R rating. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Death of VHS. I am Jones, and today we're going to be discussing the 1994 Luc Besson thriller, Leon the Professional. Uh, with me today are Richie, Jamie, and Oni. Um, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning. Can't wait to talk about this movie. Good morning. All right. What's up? Doing great. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. So good, but also so bad. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to hear everyone's <laughs> opinions. Um, let's first go through the, uh, the box office numbers though. Jamie, what's, uh, what's it looking like for Leon? All right. So, uh, Leon, the professional. So it was initially released first in France, on uh, September of 94 and, uh, on a budget of only, well, comparatively only $16 million in France alone, it grossed 26.8 million francs, which is about 5.1 million in its opening week. And then it went on to gross worldwide 45 million. And this, again, is on a budget of 16 million. So it definitely was a success. Yeah, that's wow. not bad. Yep. And um, at the mm. moment, it is 74% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's for the critics, right? So that's not bad. That's pretty I darn good. I think the audience score is a little higher Respectable. than that. Um, the audience is sitting at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank so you. I think that's pretty good. But yeah, 74 is not bad. I Makes think sense. that's still considered certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, yes, it's it not is. too bad. Yep. All right, so let's. The seventy-four though from critics is is uh, important though because I feel like they always undercut these kind of movies. I think they had a good reason. <laughs> We're gonna do it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, All so right. let's uh, let's jump into the movie real quick. Just give you a quick rundown. Uh, it takes place in New York. Uh, it follows an Italian hitman or cleaner. He meets a 12-year-old Natalie Portman who lives down the hall with her abusive father uh, and a stepmother. Then some corrupt DEA agents show up, um, murder her family. She has to take refuge with Leon and a bunch of stuff after that happens. Don't want to get into too much detail. Um, let's just uh, get right into it. Um, what is your guys' favorite, worst, best, most memorable scene from... Leon, the professional. Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, honestly, anything that Gary Oldman's character <laughs> is in is just my absolute favorite. He is certifiably insane in this movie. He, he, he brings this character as he plays the corrupt DEA agent. He brings this character to life. I mean... It's it's a performance for sure that would rival any insane Nick Cage performance. 
uh, in my opinion. That's it. Gary Oldman just has such a such a way, such a talent, especially when he's playing the evil villain, to really give it his all when it comes to this. And I mean, he's worked with Luke Bestman in later films that I really hope we get to review. But uh, this performance, particularly, is is the one that. And I'm spoiler alert for future inter like my segment on interviews that people come up to him and and quote just that one line of him just <laughs> screaming it and uh and it's it's the meme you see it everywhere it's yeah. so good like uh, his performance in it just just blew me away and I fell in love with it, the performance just just then and there and um you know I think his his uh his ending was also really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was uh, was a perfect, just little touch at the end was was well deserved. But I mean, him just his playing his role was great. Uh, other than that, basically anything that that the professional was really in, um, Leon, I think his role was fantastic too, and I'm pretty sure that's why it did so well in France because mm-hmm. he was well known prior to that right. in France. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I think Gary Oldman, I, to me, he carried this movie. Um, uh, not to jump ahead too far into uh, <clears throat> our our final thoughts, but uh, <laughs> I did not like this movie at all. Um, and I thought Gary Oldman was just about the only saving grace for it. Um, so yeah, anything he was in, I thought was great. Um, you know, uh, uh, Matilda at the beginning, I was like, okay, like I kind of, I, I enjoyed her kind of, you know, <clears throat> her interactions with Leon and, and, you know, she kind of had this, you know, tragic, you know, stepdaughter thing going on. And, but then as the movie progressed and, you know, this whole, like, she fell in love with him and, you know, addressing him as my love and the letter she wrote him and all this, it, it got a, just, I don't know. It got kind of weird to me pretty quick. And so that was kind of a major cringe to me. Um, so that'd probably be my least favorite part, but yeah, Gary Oldman is, was just amazing from the start to finish though. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I feel like this, this, um, in terms of Gary Oldman, I feel like this bad guy role is up there in, uh, with, uh, Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg with him. Like that, when, when Gary Oldman takes the, uh, the drugs in the bathroom, it, it's absurd. Like the way he, <laughs> you feel like he's going to transform into something like Bane or something getting pumped up by Venom. It's just such controlled, psychotic mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, it's you know it's funny. My my favorite part because I don't know I really enjoyed watching it again uh, after it's been a few years since I watched it last. But um, and and yes, I did enjoy this movie, which you know most of these movies I'll probably say I enjoyed and liked. But I don't know for me, I I remember. Um, when I first watch it, watched it, it grabbed me in the beginning because they didn't, they kind of kept uh, uh, Leon's face kind of hidden as he's doing this whole, you know, they make it very mysterious. And so 
even though he he's not like Arnold, he's not you know Sylvester Stallone. They make him, to me at least, they made him a a a, a, a badass just by hiding him in the shadows and, and the way they introduced him and everything. I thought was really good. Um, but we can, I'll get into, uh, my opinions on Natalie Portman's character a little bit later, but I think the intro was my favorite part of that just because it really got me into the movie right away. Well, you know, he's a professional. So it's true. The fact that he, uh, and that's, that's a really good point. Cause the first scene is where you really get the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he's a professional because he literally calls up and he's like, I'm on I'm my way to come talk to you. <laughs> and that's literally all he wants to do with the the guy mm-hmm. is just, I just want to talk, but it kills everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it, but he was professional because he called up first. Mm-hmm. He was. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm letting you know. One point, though. He's one point, the, he's not a professional. He's the professional. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Professional. Absolutely. And that's what makes him the professional. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to agree with pretty much everyone here that Gary Oldman is probably the best part of this movie. Every scene he's in is fantastic. When he takes the drugs, um, when we first introducing, uh, when introduced to him, we have his back to the camera. He's just listening to the music, kind of moving a little bit. And you hear his, his guy, Malky, kind of talking him up like, you don't want to interrupt his music. You know, that would be bad for everyone. Um so just mm-hmm. like his whole character is just so over the top, so just he's such a good villain. Gary Oldman just has this way, man. He's such a good actor. So definitely every scene he's in uh is like you know, my favorite. Uh the intro to, to Leon or Leon, I don't know how you want to say it, but um yeah, his intro's great. That whole first ten minutes of the movie is uh is really cool. We get to see the professional in action. Um, so yeah, Jean Renault does really well. And then uh, Natalie Portman, you know, it's, it's good to see what a, a good child actor. I know, you know, nowadays it's kind of uh, hit or miss with, with kid actors. We, we get a lot of really bad performances, but I think Natalie kind of knocked this out of the park considering it's her first role. Um, she did really well. And uh, I, I really liked seeing her in this, um, for the most part, uh, there's some, some bad parts to that too, but, uh, but yeah, definitely favorite, uh, Gary Oldman, like hands down, he totally carried the mm-hmm. film and he made it just, he elevated it so much. Uh, I think that's probably why there's such a disparity between, um, the fan score and the critic score on Rotten Tomato. I think Gary Oldman just kind of like pushes it up for the fans Whereas the critics, you know, they're they're definitely more critical of of other parts. So um, yeah, easily mm-hmm. uh, Gary Oldman is my absolute favorite part of this. Um, I love how Mackie was even like scared, yeah, to just disturb yeah. him at all. He's he's literally warned him, and then he's like, "Yep, Fuck, like, damn it, I have to do this. I gotta go disturb him. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. I was hoping negotiations would go a lot better yeah. than this." And then he like walks. He's like, "Hey, he's just lightly tapping him, like he has a gun. He's like super scary, but he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just a weakling at that point, super coward. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to disturb you, but oh man, 
he he doesn't know who cut yeah. the drugs. <laughs> so good. Like he he almost could have been in tears, and it would have been just as just as great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so well done. I like that. Yeah, his his the way his character's written and the way he performs it just so good, man. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in hearing it, even. Oh, go ahead. So. I do have a I do have a note like and this would be more more best and favorite line of mine. Uh sorry I didn't get to it during my time. <laughs> but uh when Leon says no women no kids, that's the right. rule. Mm-hmm. And you that's professionalism is because rules are established and he knows there's rules no women no yep. kids. And then you know the DEA officer doesn't yeah. care. You can just tell he's he's just embodiment of pure chaos. He doesn't care who he has to go through because he, you know, threatens the kid. He he's a hundred percent was gonna kill her if somebody didn't come into the bathroom and during that scene, like because he already knew, and like the fact that there's that separation, that duality, of even in this this chaotic world where people are getting paid to kill other people, there's still a level of Rules, yeah which definitely plays in the title absolutely all right um richie what'd you think overall what's your what's your opinion on on leon yeah like i said eh, i did not think this movie was that good um it it was it was hard to watch you know it had moments you know like 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 we've already said the opening sequence was pretty good um you know the uh the final uh the final scene was really good and then there was a whole bunch of just like why why are we doing this in the middle of it you know the the whole um like i said the whole you know romantic relationship between matilda and leon that she wanted, you know, and Leon never reciprocated. Um, but it just felt like a strange choice to me. You know, why, why go for this romantic relationship as opposed to a paternal relationship? You know, that would have made a whole lot more sense to me, you know, with her awful stepdad and the way she was treated. It, it seems like she'd more, and at 12 years old, it seemed like she would have wanted that paternal relationship. But so I thought that was just kind of a strange choice to make it romantic. Um, you know, I did like how, you know, she had this great plan to go right into the heart of the DEA and take out Stansfield and, you know, get revenge. And then as soon as she's actually confronted by him, she absolutely breaks down and can't do it. And, you know, that made a lot of sense. You know, I don't know very many 12 year olds that would be able to just be a, mm-hmm. a cold, ruthless killer. So think that made sense and and it was those little things like that that kind of bumped the movie up for me but then you had things like the nypd bringing in a 50 caliber machine gun and uh grenade launchers and all these other things and just indiscriminately firing into an apartment building that just kind of absolutely killed it for me then like okay we we've started to get a little bit better, a little bit better, and then we're all that's just gone. So uh, overall, 
I thought this movie was kind of a stinker. That's fair. I think uh, we're going to move to someone with probably an opposite opinion, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> well, what, 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 what's your thoughts? Yes, I, I did love this movie. Um, it was not a stinker in my book, <laughs> but I, but I totally get where you're coming from. I, I guess to me, I took because it's yeah, it can be really awkward when she's like laying it on thick about being in love, especially that scene where she's like laying on the bed. And kind of telling him for the first time that she's falling in love with him. And you're like, okay, <laughs> this is kind of creepy because, you know, yeah, they're kind of sexualizing her in a bit. But I guess for me, I took it more of um, this is a, you know, a preteen girl and she's melodramatic like she was in the beginning of the movie. And I remember a lot of female friends in middle school, high school who were just over the top dramatic and so that's all I kind of saw was this. She's just a, a preteen girl. And, you know, and like a lot of preteen girls, they think they're in love with a lot of people, you know, and they're like confident and certain that they're in love with this person. But it's just their immaturity. But um, aside from that, you know, in the beginning, um, when Natalie Portman's character is on the stairs, when uh, Leon first sees her as he's coming back and they have a little chat. She's like it, that, that like, um, that dramatic part of her character was annoying just because I know so many women who are like over the top dramatic. But then when she comes to the door and like pretends like she, you know, when she knows that people have been killed in her, you know, her family's been killed, like, like the way Natalie Portman portrays that like strength or whatever you want to call it, and then goes to the door, you can feel that fear as she's crying and begging him to open the door. Like to me, that's when mm-hmm. it completely changed, you know, from this overly dramatic preteen to this amazing <laughs> actress. Um, and then she just, from there, of course she has her moments, but no, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was, it's probably the, f- maybe the first, um, action as you know as it's drama action drama but action movie from the 90s that because before that it was all arnold and sly and you know even john mcclain you know just um like buff or like over the top tough guys and then this one came around and he's a badass but he's not over the top tough by any means he's just he is who he is and I don't know, it kind of, it made me start looking at movies like this more and being willing to want to watch it, um, even though, you know, it wasn't this macho kind of 80s action hero. So, yeah, I, I loved it. All right. How about you, Mr. Jones? Well, I agree with you a lot, Jamie. Uh, Richie, too, made some some good points. Um, we have a really good intro. Uh, the, the, the end uh, sort of... Um, showdown is also really well done uh it goes a little off the rails but um i'm okay with that uh and then yeah you have the whole middle part with natalie portman and um and then yeah that just the really weird i don't know why they went with like richie said with this sort of romantic um angle instead of like a paternal thing to me that would have worked out a lot better um, we didn't really need that 
Natalie Portman falling in love with with Jean Renault and and you know proclaiming her love for him and all that. I think without that, it would have made the movie the middle part of the movie a lot more tolerable. Um, so I totally get where Richie's coming from on that end, uh, for sure. But for me, still overall, I really enjoyed it. I I like Jean Reno. He does a really good job um, as Leon. You know, I, he's sort of a reluctant mentor at the start, but then he he starts like really warming to her, and and uh, in a, and then they create this this bond, which to him is paternal, and to her is to- something totally different. Um, so I, I I like that once it gets going, um, but yeah, she she totally acts like a twelve year old in this. You, you can you can totally tell she's she's just a kid. Um, Jamie, you mentioned the scene when she mm-hmm. first walks up to his apartment after her family's been killed. Just you know the 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 way she's like quietly saying, "Please, you know, open the door," and, and she's got tears running down her face. Mm-hmm. Um, she just Natalie Portman just really oh. killed her role in this. She she did that. Um, she did a really good job uh, for for a young actress at the time. Um, so I appreciated that. And then uh, Gary Oldman, you know, throughout every scene he's in. Um, you know, when he, when we first are introduced to him and then the next day when he comes back, um, for his answers and he's just going through room to room, just shooting everyone. He doesn't care who he's killing. Um, and then we see him, you know, at the precinct and then all that. And he's just elevates every scene he's in. He's so good in this. Um, so overall for me, I think it's, it's a great movie. Um, it's not, you know, high art you know the great cinema um but it's like it's definitely good enough for me i i can watch it whenever and and i'll enjoy it every time but yeah it does leave a little bit to be desired uh i would definitely make changes to the to the way uh natalie and, and jean mm-hmm. renault's uh relationship is handled um but you know I, I i like it overall i think it's uh it's a good watch it's uh one i would recommend to pretty much everyone um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. I like Leon. Um, what about you, Oni? I have so many opinions. <laughs> um, uh, first I want to hit, hit some stuff that I've jotted down that probably some of the listeners also feel. Richie obviously hates just badass weapons. So <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't hate them. I hate them when, when they're, they're used uh, <laughs> the New York Police Department. Hey, you don't think they have access to those badass weapons, man? No. <laughs> no, they don't. Well, not anymore. Uh, they just blew up an apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. They yeah. use it all. They don't they don't cover they don't cover fifty cows at the police department. Hey, this was SWAT, man. That's I don't true. I don't <laughs> think they cover it at, at police academy, but they might in SWAT. You don't you don't know their life, but anyway, but uh, I don't want to I don't want to defend sexualizing kids. I don't. I'm not going to. I think there was obvious director choices and writer choices because he was also the yeah. writer mm-hmm. that was made in this movie, especially during the montage scene of them learning. The song choice was a very highly sexual song. I did not agree with those at all. But I do know people who have been sexually abused and 
how Natalie Portman's character portrayed isn't just the dramaticness of a preteen. It is very much portrayed as an abuse victim in almost all sense of the word abuse possible. You, I mean, and you get a dose of her reality when we're looking at the scenes of her that morning of her family being slaughtered. Because we see, because she literally bursts in on her her step parent and dad having sex. Like, she's constantly exposed to that. And I think that's what the director was going for. I'm not saying that that was a good thing to... I, I, I think it was a good thing to show the reality. I think there was obvious director choices that were purposely done. That, in my opinion could have been omitted um not only the song choice could have been completely different i wasn't expecting eye of the tiger mind you (laughs) but uh, i was not (laughs) expecting that song choice uh because it was very highly sexually charged i i think those moments where she's basically portraying a sexually abused victim because that's what a lot of people if you're gonna research the movie is going to defend the movie on those choices could have been done differently. They could have been either omitted and, or even having Leon address them. Now, Leon is undereducated in a, in a very book education world. And you can see that with his boss, Tony, who, in my opinion, is the biggest villain of this whole film because of just how much he's like, you don't want to trust a bank, trust Tony. Right. Tony knows how much money you got. It's all up here. No, Tony, that's bad business, you douche. <laughs> but because he's clearly taking advantage of 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 Leon, and he had no problem taking advantage of Natalie Portman's character, Ma- Matilda. But there is some cause to some of the scenes in it. But I think some of it definitely could have been omitted and it would have been the exact same. You would have felt the same, same thing. Uh, yeah, I think the, the note was fine saying my love was fine, but her describing him as a lover is definitely not okay. And then, uh, because she's just such, an abuse victim's mentality is that they they were in a world in which they had only negativity feed into their ego, especially at such an age. And then their only choice then is to overcompensate or even to mimic manipulative behavior that they learned from their abuser. And that's basically what happened. But you could have had that for sure without any of the sexualizing of honestly natalie portman um being her first role i saw that she she thought you know she looks back on it she says it is cringy Mm -hmm. it was her first role she's like i was a kid i don't know what to tell you and that's basically how she puts it and i think that's fair uh because she's a kid and 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 adults are making a lot of her decisions at that point in time uh, she's like, I don't want to take away from anybody else who feels victimized. 
She's like, I was a kid though. That's all I'm gonna say. And that was that's basically her opinion on it. She did say mm-hmm. it was cringy though. So I mean fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to defend it. But if you take some of just those little choices out, this movie is a phenomenal movie. Honestly, from start to finish. Yeah, the middle's a little weird, but it's only because of those choices took you out. Yeah. Or you don't have the proper background that was explained. Or you're you're not seeing how hellish her life was. I mean, the first thing I noticed once when you see Natalie Portman is one, she has awesome taste in cartoons, <laughs> right? Yeah. Transformers. She was watching the Transformers. That was <laughs> badass. <laughs> but and and she just wants to be a kid and you see that. You see that always. Even when Leon's out of the room, she's watching Transformers. She wants to be a kid. And when she switches it back it's because she knows that's not who she wants the world to see her as. And and that's a big thing. That's that's her trying to be more mature. And and that's very common from from the life that she had. Um I think another big thing uh, when I saw her first was her cigarette. It's a blooper. It's an error. Mm-hmm. The prop department sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see her smoke it, it was almost done. By the time Leon is heading back, it's a brand new oh. cigarette. That's what I saw. Because I was like, what? A kid smoking? No. And then I looked. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> she smoked two and a half cigarettes during that time frame. <laughs> but no, it was just a prop error. Uh, I liked the movie a lot. I really did. I think it portrayed a lot of good things that should be portrayed. I wish they, uh, they would have made some other choices. And I think nowadays they would have made other choices. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the bigger deal. But that's my overall. I, I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Gary Oldman sold it for me. But the film itself, in retrospect, is a good film. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a that's a good uh that's a good s- summation I think of of the film and and uh mm-hmm. the good and bad parts of it. I think probably a lot of people would agree. Well, hey, let me ask y'all this while we're talking about the uh while we're talking about some of the creative decisions made in this movie. What did y'all think about the whole Leon being illiterate thing? Like I I I don't know, did that it felt off to me. Like it didn't feel like it added anything at all to the story I, to me. But what did you I think that? it did only because it shows how big of a opportunist right. Tony is. How big of an opportunist that whole world is. Because Tony like when he was telling a little bit you don't get a lot of backstory for Leon at all. So his character development is very linear. But when he was discussing, he's like, remember, a girl ruined your life and you came to me and you were still wet behind the ears. You were still very naive of this world. And Tony's relationship with Leon is very manipulative as well. And I think it's just trying to mimic that, that Leon is still naive in in some way, shape or form. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have an issue with. I don't it. know. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm the same. I I didn't really have an issue with the the literacy um, of Leon. Uh, I think same with like Tony. It kind of shows you just 
you know how he's taking advantage of, of Leon and uh, how Leon is yes like very naive to everything other than being a hitman. Um, we don't know anything about where mm-hmm. he came from. I think it's it's obvious that he immigrated uh, to New York, um, and so it kind of fits that he would not be able to read. Um, you know, depending on how you know how he was raised and all that. Again, it, it would be nice to get a little insight. But um, yeah, to me, I didn't have a problem with uh, with him not being able to read. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like how do you how do you tell him? Yes, your target is in the Waterloo room, and then he gets into the conference center and can't <laughs> figure out where it is now. Like, I don't, it seems fair. It seems like I think that's uh, fair. seems yeah. kind of like a crucial <laughs> uh, a crucial tr- a crucial skill for a hitman <laughs> to have. Good point. Yeah, I, I feel like it makes it. it it, for a lot of people, maybe, and, and for me, it made it slightly more sympathetic to to Leon. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, because of the the naive, naivety that it it kind of gives them. But but yeah, I get your point. You'd think a a truly professional hitman would learn how to read. <laughs> Fair, I, I think. So it, it, I, I, it might just because I hate Tony so much. <laughs> I just hate. I mean, it's it was well portrayed. He was very well portrayed. I just I hate that guy so much. If I met Tony in real life, I'd punch him. Uh, the actor was phenomenal. Uh, Leon even mentioned in the scene, he's like, "I know I learned to read," mm-hmm. and Tony was a little taken back by it. He's like, "Oh, good, good." Like like he's like, "Damn it!" Another thing, like he is becoming more self aware. Right. And I think he was just so much under Tony's control that it, it, Tony, it, uh, this whole film screams abuse to me. So I think I don't know if that's why I'm connecting it to it or not. Um, but you can see there's small undertones of abuse throughout the whole film in every scene. And it's all different types of manipulation, different types of of, of violence in both physical and metaphysical forms. And I think that that adding, I I, I agree with you, Richie. Like a professional hitman should know how to read, a hundred percent. But I mean, I think the 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 choice there was just to to make sure that he that we as the audience knew he was also being manipulated and abused right. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Fair that's good. I think. Uh, I think that's valid, and uh, I think Richie's right to question it. That's true. Bringing up the whole, like, how does he know? You know, if someone's in this conference room, you know, he can't read it. But yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a fair mm-hmm. point. Um, I didn't really think of it. No women, no, no children, <laughs> no long words, no no multi-syllabic <laughs> words. Yeah, but that's a uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um. So, Jamie, what do you think? Could could this movie be made today in 2023? So, I definitely thought about this a little bit. So, if it was a shot-for-shot remake, there's no way it would be allowed to be made today. But if they, like, I feel like they could keep it pretty close to the original if there was, like, a defining moment where Leon makes it very clear that no, you, you cannot be in love with me. It's not okay. You know, like it has to be like, he has to go out of his way to make 
everyone know that hey he's not oh he's not okay with this she should not be okay with this let's move on you're like a daughter to me and then boom i think you know that would be fine but other than that um yeah they you know i i it's just a yeah it's a it's a hitman uh little you know very defined bad guy defined good guy so i don't see any problem outside of uh the way they would portray matilda's character yeah that's um i think i'm kind of there with you too i think it 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 could even as a shot for shot remake it could be made um we got to remember that the the writer director is french i think a lot of the script choices and the um the way some characters are portrayed um it's kind of obvious that it's it's from you know uh, a a a director who's not um he's not a new yorker not an american it's he's it's he's very french and that comes through um which is also a weird thing like i wonder why he made leon italian when he's he's got a very obvious french accent um so that that was a weird choice that was something <laughs> yes. that i kept <laughs> now I, go ahead jamie i i kept waiting for him to cor- correct gary oldman's character when he when he's in there and he's like <laughs> they described him as a you know whatever blah 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 italian i kept thinking he was going to go well actually he's french yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah that was hilarious yeah, to me i love that you brought exactly that up. <laughs> it, it was it, it threw me off a couple of times i'm like okay so it starts out in little italy and and uh, I totally forgot that he's meant to be Italian until I rewatched it last night, and it it, it just it, it threw yeah. me. I was like, man, he's very obviously has like this French accent. <laughs> it's really hard for Jean Reno to hide his accent, and um, so yeah, that that mm-hmm. that threw me off. But I, I think it could be remade today, um, if it ever is, which I don't think it should be. They should totally go with a paternal relationship between Matilda and Leon. Um, skip all the weird um, her falling in love with him stuff. Um, but other than that, I think it's a really good Hitman movie. It's good action, great villain. Um, good luck recasting Gary Oldman if they recast that, you know, if it's ever redone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could totally be remade today. Are you saying that you're in favor for a single dad relationship <laughs> in, in, in cinema? Yes. I know, wow. I know. It's uh, it's crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Despite my my hatred for single dads, <laughs> <laughs> I I think I I mimic everything you guys are saying. I think uh, she should have a different hairstyle. Luke Besson is always always making the lead character of any of his movies. You got Lucy, The Fifth Element, this movie. Mm-hmm. All of them have short hair all of them <laughs> why look look the man has that, i mean i get it that that yeah and that's a very french style of wearing wearing hair but you can't make a i know <laughs> just well, let them have longer hair man <laughs> just do something that was a choice because everybody else in her family didn't have short hair right except for the dad but that makes sense <laughs> but i mean uh, I, and it could just be making it a division, but I don't know, Luke. I'm noticing a pattern, man. All of them have short hair. <laughs> That's. But I mean, yeah, I agree. It, it needs to. There needs to be a defining moment. There needs to be a different song yeah. choice. It could be remade. In my opinion, it shouldn't. Maybe a sequel. Maybe. 
I don't know how people. I know people hate sequels of of, of films that they like, but maybe yeah. if Hollywood still continues the whole "we have no original thoughts," we might see a sequel to right. this. But yeah, there has to be more defining moments because mm-hmm. I I think I think Matilda's story could easily be told further from the point where they ended it to. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Richie? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, not to just echo what everybody has already said. Um, I, I agree with you, Oni. I do think a uh, a sequel. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like Natalie Portman is now an assassin, and you know, like kind of following in in Leon's. You know, she shoes needs to take and, down Big Tony. <laughs> but <laughs> nah, Tony's Tony's already been dead for like thirty years at this point. <laughs> I'm sure. It's all that pasta. That's like our first scene is like a teenage Matilda just killing Tony and taking his bank. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, uh, but yeah, I think it could be made. I mean, it's, you know, artistic decisions aside, it, it's not really anything that, you know, isn't, you know, uh, I don't know the word I'm trying to use, you know, accepted by today's standards of cinema. So, yeah, I think it could be made today, uh, whether as, you know, a sequel or a remake, shoot, maybe even an action comedy, you know, like role models meets the professional. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think it could it could for sure be yeah, made today. I, yeah, that's good. That seems to be consensus. Um, speaking of the sequel, Luc Besson actually did write a sequel called Matilda, um, and it was going to follow um, Natalie Portman's character, you know, turning into a hitman, and and um, and he he wrote it, but him and the production company uh, parted ways in the '90s, and so the, his his old production company owns the rights to Leon um, and and to the characters. So even though he has that written, um, they're holding on really closely to those um, to that to that IP. So he hasn't been able to make this uh, sequel yet. Yeah. So so that was definitely yeah. something he's already. It'll written. be yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be the twenty thirty twenty one Trump Street for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he used <laughs> that idea um, for the movie Columbiana that he did. Oh right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Okay. If, yeah. yeah. Keep going yeah. It. Well, there you go. It, it would have been cool to see Matilda, Matilda's story. You know, as she when she's mm-hmm. an older woman and she's she's a cleaner. That would have been nice. Uh, any of you guys have uh, any final thoughts on the movie before we uh, before we move on uh, and pick our our two uh, thousands movie? I'm. Uh, we got to rate uh, it too. Oh, that's true. We have our um, our rating. Um, I guess yeah. Let's let's give our final thoughts and and we'll do our rating. Um, I'll I'll go first. Um, I choose house plants. <laughs> I was gonna say milk cartons, but oh, milk cartons, that one's good, good too. Yeah, um, Jamie actually stole it this time. I was gonna go with a, a house plant. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, nice, usually it's nice. only stealing my thunder, man. Now it's uh, now it's Jamie. <laughs> I think it's just too predictable. <laughs> You see what you've done, yeah. You've set a dangerous precedent. Here. We all need just, to start stealing. The they thunder. have to know we're friends. <laughs> Get out of my brain, you <laughs> bastards! Um, 
But yeah, final thoughts. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, really, really well done. I enjoy the action. I, the, I think the cast is fantastic. Um, it's really good to see a child actor who can act. Um, Jean Reno, I've loved him uh, in several of his roles. Gary Oldman is fantastic in everything he's in. Uh, Luc Besson has some duds. Uh, he also has some really good movies like Fifth Element. Um, so this, to me, overall was a very enjoyable uh, movie. Uh, obviously, some of, the, some of the creative choices that he made with some of the characters didn't vibe with me. But, you know, that's okay. It's not going to be 100% every time. Um, so for me, this mm-hmm. movie, uh, it's, uh, it's tough. I, I hover between three and a half and four house plants. I, I'm going to give it a four, though. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, this one gets four house plants from me. What about you, Oni? What, nice. do you, what are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, so I've been, I've been researching into the, uh, obviously, the actor's thoughts on it all. I touched on Natalie Portman. I'm going to more hammer on Gary Oldman. And maybe you guys want to discuss that too, but uh, Gary Oldman hates all his films, every single one. He can't stand watching himself. In fact, he's had such a lavish career too. So many of his roles are iconic. He has such great range from from being this crazy psychotic energy to you know a good guardian and and father figure for the righteous you know even it's it's it so there's a playboy article it's actually one of his most famous interviews from 2014 with playboy uh and he just describes on how he hates watching himself because he's such a perfectionist and i can feel that as a fan it's a little disheartening but to him is like it's a job and it's like i could have done my job better so that's kind of my final thought there with gary Gary, if you're listening, bud, I th- I, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's a job. As, as a father that also has a job, jobs suck, dude. But we love you, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut, you don't cut yourself some slack, man. Everything could be done better. Don't live in that kind of world. You're fantastic. Totally. <laughs> uh, but I, um, for the film itself, I, I think I'd give it a. Uh, I, I was struggling with it too. I want to give it higher, but I can't only because of the choices that were made for sure. Um, but I'm not going to agree with the critics on this one. Uh, I, I give it four house plants nice. out of five. Very nice. Richie one house plant. Yeah. I've pretty much said what I think about it. Gary Oldman was really the only real redeeming factor of this movie. I don't think Gary Oldman's ever had a bad role. Um, and this is just yet another example of no matter what he's thrown in, he can still elevate a film. So, yeah, I kind of like Oni, who wanted to give it higher but couldn't. I wanted to give it lower <laughs> but can't. And so I'm going to probably throw off the average here. And give it two oh, house plants oh out God. of five. My heart, oh, Jamie, you're breaking Jamie's <laughs> heart, man. It looks like looks like Gary Oldman's not the only harshest critic. 
<laughs> oh my I, gosh. I, I, I see that perspective. I get it. Yeah, I get it. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, I can. Uh, I can be sympathetic to Richie's opinion. <laughs> um, I, I had a couple of thoughts here, though. Uh, you know, I forgot to mention that um, when I was thinking about the remake. Gary Oldman, the way he betrayed it, well, actually, just pretty much any role I guess he's ever had, I feel like someone who could easily, um, if they were going to re- you know recast it, I feel like Sam Rockwell could be- could fill his shoes pretty well because he could be both like intense mm-hmm. and over the top manic, yeah. and you you love him and you can love him in pretty much anything he does. So I feel like Sam Rockwell. I don't know why he popped in my mind, but I feel like he could easily kind of look alike. Take on this role and give it and give it justice. I could see that. Yeah, in and, this particular movie, yeah, I can see that. Or when you know Nick Cage does his virgin sacrifice for blood to rejuvenate <laughs> himself, he could a younger Nick Cage could do it. Uh, I don't know. I, I <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage would be another another level of manic, but yeah, but um, you know, I'm I'm I definitely am giving it four out of five or five house plants for me just because. I think the only reason I wouldn't even give it five is because I don't like being made to feel uncomfortable uh, in an inappropriate setting with, uh, you know, Matilda's character. So, yeah, if 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 that level of, uh, you know, of wait, is 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 Leon rebuffing her or not? Like there are a few moments that we were like, he's just kind of staring at her, but not really rebuffing her. Until finally, you know, you can kind of you can kind of see where he's going. But yeah, so that's the only reason I would not give it five. But I I loved it um, either way. So yeah, four out of five house plants for me. And and then I wanted to mention too that apparently, and I and we can only take her word for it. But um, in the scene where Big Tony has like the the prostitute, so that actress was dating uh, Luc Besson at the time. And she says that uh, the the movie, not the whole movie, but the uh, like Matilda is based off her relationship with Luc Besson because she was like not even seventeen when he when when she and him like met mm-hmm. and she kind of fell in love with him and he was in his thirties at the time. In fact, I think she was much younger than that. But so that's kind of interesting. So you can I can see that if that's true, then I can totally it makes sense that he would. He would be comfortable adding those, mm-hmm. uh, those elements in the movie. It's not okay in America, man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I do oh. want to end on a better fun fact, though. You know Gary Oldman scene where he's screaming "everyone." Yeah. That mm-hmm. was uh, that was a joke. He wanted he just wanted to make Luke Besson mm-hmm. laugh. Really, and Luke kept it because yeah, he's like I. I I shot that in one uh, in a few takes, and the first time I did it was how it was scripted, and the second time I screamed it. And he's like, I even told the sound guy to like take off his headphones <laughs> before I screamed it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they kept it. Nice, that's awesome. And now it's like, yeah, like you said earlier, it, it's like this whole meme, and and it's it's become more than just that one scene. And yeah, it 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 really work too you could tell you could feel the tension in that part too so that's funny that it it, it was mm-hmm. uh that that's that's how it came about love that 
All right, guys. Have you, did you guys notice? Because I noticed um, before we end this real quick. When aside from that, like iconic, you know, everyone. Uh, when he is getting like questioned by the cops and he's like, I don't have time for this Mickey Mouse shit. Like that, that line, a similar line was used in full metal jacket when they were talking, they, they said, what is this Mickey Mouse shit? Yep. And it, I don't know why, but it, I was like, Oh shit. That's I, so I'm wondering if that was also improvised and he just, cause full metal jacket was first mm-hmm. and it just, so I wonder if he grabbed that from full metal jacket or if that was a common saying, cause it, it seems so deliberate, you know? Like I don't know. Did you have you guys ever? Oh, that's definitely bit. That's definitely something I've yeah, heard. Okay. Yeah. Like. Once, I mean. Yeah. And remember, he's he's British. So oh, that's like. True too. Yeah. His. Yeah. So he'd have to study up on American idiotisms and all that other fun stuff. And I just butchered that word. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Idioms. Uh, yeah. He'd have to, on the mannerisms and and what we would use colloquially and all that other fun stuff. So I I had a feeling it probably was more intentional. Yeah. That it was probably improvised, but an intentional improv. improv. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, real quick before we end it, uh, a shout out the, um, in the very beginning of the movie, the, the actor, the, the cop, or the DA agent, whatever, who was, who stood outside the door. Uh, well, not the very beginning, but when Gary Goldman's character came back to kill the family, he kind of stood outside the door cause he, he heard the gun firing and, and kind of had his gun pointed at the door. He wasn't sure what was going on. Do you guys remember that guy? Yeah. The bald headed yep. guy. So apparently, um, he went mm-hmm. to, he, he became a firefighter in New York after this movie and he died in 2001 uh, when the trade centers, the world. Trade oh, wow. Fell, so, Shout out to that. Rest in peace, buddy. Yep. R.I.P. That was uh, Keith Glasgow. Thank you for that bit of trivia. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, um, let's uh, yeah. Let's let's see what our 2000s movie will be for the next uh, the next time we get together. I was alive during <laughs> this era. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. Ooh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is one of my all-time top favorite like actual theater pieces I've seen live. Yes. I don't think I've seen this. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, <coughs> I'll host next time. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. That's awesome. You have you haven't seen no, it? No, I haven't oh, seen this. Man. So this will be a first for me. The overture is going to get you. Yeah, same here. Oh. Is this going to be the first time we have a uh, a musical intro sung by our host? Oh, nope. oh come on. <laughs> you, you tried, nope. Jamie. Hey, oh. I, I did musicals in high school, man. They made me the puppeteer. So, <laughs> nope. <laughs> you tried, Jamie. You tried. Oh, man. I know, I know. Fair. <laughs> it was a good attempt. It's a good attempt. All right, guys. That uh, looks like Phantom awesome. of the Opera's up. Awesome. awesome. And uh, we'll see you next time for sure. Thanks for joining, everyone. Um, uh, any any final word, guys? We say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, goodbye everyone. everyone. <laughs> there you go. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. See you guys see next you. time. The death of VHS is recorded and produced by John Walls, Dylan Bailey, Jamie Johnson, 
Abe Ponce, and me, Richie Stevens. Editing by Jamie Johnson. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at DeathOfVHS, and come join us on our Discord to hang out uh, with us and other fans and to discuss the latest episode. You can find the link for our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Death of VHS.